Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McEwen. You've got a long list of things you want to do, but there's just one problem. You can't seem to get or stay motivated. Social psychologist and author of Get It Done, Ayelet Fishback, is here to help. She offers insights on the science of motivation, along with tips and cognitive tricks to help you overcome procrastination and achieve your goals. And now, this is the Career Contessa podcast. Hi, Ayelet. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lauren. Excited to be here. Okay, so give us a brief introduction of you and your background, and what made you so interested in human motivation? I'm Ayelet. I am a professor of behavioral science and marketing at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, where I've been uh, studying motivation for for many years. I actually started studying motivation with uh, my uh, PhD work at the end of the 90s and uh, uh, joined here and been studying here motivation about uh, 20 years. What got me interested? Well, I, I cannot think of a more interesting topic to study for a behavioral scientist. But no, seriously, what I noticed early on in in my uh, academic life, in my life as a researcher, is that uh, circumstances matter, that uh, I'm going to uh, be all into uh, getting good grades when I'm in college, and I did not care about this at all when I was uh, in high school in a place where uh, uh, basically a, a small farm uh, where people did not care much about academics. So I, I noticed the situation uh, matters. And then I also noticed that people are putting themselves in situations that will allow them to be uh, more motivated. And so I, as, as a social psychologist, I was just curious to know how situation affects motivation, what people do to get themselves to, to be motivated. Interesting, because I'm thinking about the times in my life when I've been the most motivated and I'm trying to think like, what were the circumstances? And one thing I do notice is like in a new environment, like a new job, a new something, I'm very motivated. Uh, I'm sure there's some science to back up the newness of it, but that's interesting that situation has so much to do with your motivation. Uh, Yes. And so you introduced one situation, which is uh, uh, being somewhere new, starting something new, new beginnings are uh, motivating. Uh, Katie Milkman did some of the work on the the new start just 
thinking about today as uh, as new. Okay? Uh, maybe it's the, uh, the the first day of the week, the first day of the month, the first day of summer. Uh, all uh, these firsts tend to be uh, motivating, and you know it's one way in which you can see the situation influencing you. The thing is that as humans, we can put ourselves in these situations that we know will uh, pull us in, in a certain direction. Interesting. <laughs> we, we can do it. Maybe we just sometimes choose not to. But OK, so your your book is called Get It Done. And in the book, you present a framework for self-motivated action. What is this? And, and talk about the research that makes this framework actually work. Yes. So the framework basically has four parts. When I said to uh, make sense of research in uh, motivation, I found that it falls into uh, four parts. These are the, the parts of the framework. There is research on how to set a goal. There is uh, research on how to help people get from here to there. So monitoring progress, dealing with feedback. There is uh, a lot that we know about multiple goals. So this is the, the third part. And, and then there is a social support. As humans, we are social animals. We work with others. And then there, there is research, there are strategies that you can use in order to better leverage your social environment. Between these four, you can identify how to create the best recipe for you. And notice that it all involves changing something about your environment or the way that you, you think about your environment. It's not about changing yourself. Interesting. Cause I feel like goal setting is a very popular topic and I feel like you can put a lot of pressure on yourself to feel like what is wrong with me that I'm not able to not just set the goals, but achieve the goals. Why do I set them? And I never follow through. There must be something wrong with me. And you're saying, no, it's not wrong with you. It's probably your situation needs to be changed a little bit. Yes, uh, you know, it's one of the, the naive mistakes that people make thinking about motivation as uh, as something that they have okay, as part of their personality. People talk about willpower. Well, while research shows that there are differences in whatever people mean when they say willpower, they don't explain most of the variance in whether someone is able to achieve their, their goals. I don't really talk about willpower because I don't think that motivation is, is a power as much as, as knowledge. Okay? It's not about your muscles. It's not about your strengths. It's, it's about knowing which strategy to use when. And we, we can all do that. That's interesting. <laughs> it's like uh, there's what you see on like an Instagram meme. And then there's like the actual science and research. And you're saying, well, willpower <laughs> it might sound good when you're trying to, you know, shame people into feeling like they need to be more motivated or what's wrong with them. But the research shows that's not really what's happening here. That's actually very nice to hear. What is the difference between people who are successful with setting and achieving goals and those who aren't? So you talked a lot about situation. Can we talk a little bit more about the difference between people who are successful with it and not? You know, you mentioned goal setting, and I think that people often have the, the right intuition about goal setting. Managers usually know that they should set goals. So in a way, the first part, Setting a goal is, is intuitive for most, uh, but uh, what many people miss is that the goal needs to be intrinsically motivating. That is, there has to be some positive experience associated with doing it. There has to be something that immediately feels right 
as you pursue your goals. So for example, when people set New Year's resolutions, we find that what predicts whether they will follow through on these resolutions on the following March and, and June and all the way to, to November is how much they enjoy pursuing these resolutions. No one sets a resolution because they expect to have only pleasure pursuing it. And like no one is setting the resolution as uh, uh, eating more ice cream and uh, watching more TV. But if you set yourself to eat healthy food that you like or an exercise regimen that you will enjoy pursuing that feels good as you're doing it and you have better chance sticking to this goal. So one tip on how to better set goals is uh, taking into account intrinsic motivation. Yeah. So when you're setting the goal, think about, are you going to enjoy doing the things that help you achieve this goal? And if not, <laughs> maybe you need to re rethink that. What about when you're trying to achieve a goal that maybe you don't have control over? So obviously job searching is something that a lot of people have a goal. Let's just say new year, mid year, I want to find a new job, but they feel like maybe they don't have a hundred percent control over getting that job. Sometimes what, what happens with that, with goal setting? I'd say for most goals, you, you don't have full control, <laughs> right? And so you, you don't really, uh, know whether you will be successful and uh, frankly if you knew for sure that you're going to be successful it might be even boring to pursue this goal it might not be very motivating we we find that motivation is actually at the peak in the medium level when you are not completely sure that everything will go as you plan but you also don't feel helpless and this goes all the way back to Research on Achievement Motivation uh, by Atkinson in uh, uh, I, almost like uh, 50 uh, years ago, uh, where the researchers were documenting that if the task is hard but not impossible, <laughs> this is where you, you get people to uh, uh, work harder. If you know that it's easy, you're not very motivated. And if you give up, then you give up. Yeah. I started saying I'm setting progress-based goals instead of just saying I'm setting goals because I felt like for me, I needed to be difficult enough, but I also needed to have the little wins along the way. So you talked about progress as being part of the framework. So I assume that's also a big piece of this too, right? People need to have wins and, and not only enjoy it and have it be hard enough that, but there's like this also really important piece of the combination that is like, well, you also have to have enough wins along the way to to enjoy it, right? Well, and you need to be able to monitor progress. You need to be able to see the progress. Imagine running on a treadmill where you have no feedback. Okay? Like you don't know how much time, you don't know how much distance, you're just running there in place. I don't know about you, but I would give up after maybe five minutes. Okay? It's it, it just impossible to do without feeling like something is happening. Okay? You're moving somewhere. Okay? You are making a, a progress, which is hard on a treadmill because you're not literally making progress in space. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah. You're literally running in place. <laughs> exactly. Right? You're, you're, you're literally like just there. Uh, so uh, uh, progress matters. Uh, in general, as people make progress, they're more motivated. Take something that many people have experience with, which is uh, uh, loyalty programs. Okay, you uh, uh, might drop the program after making one purchase, but if you already made a few purchases, you're more likely to 
Make sure to use it until you get the reward. College, uh, same thing. Uh, about half of the kids in the US that start college uh, will not graduate with a college degree. And guess when they drop out, it's not when they are about to finish the goal. It's just after they started, uh, which suggests that as people make progress and to the extent that they are aware of the progress, they will be more uh, motivated. Now you can either monitor your progress in terms of what you have done or in terms of what is left for you to do. You can look at the, the glass half full. I'm already 20% into this loyalty program uh, or uh, the glass half of more empty. I still have 80%. Okay? Or I, no, I did half of the project or I still have another half before I complete it. And in our studies, what we find is that for novices, uh, for people at the beginning, it's better to look back. Okay? If you just started a project, if you just uh, started a job, it's better to look back and say, well, in the last two weeks that I'm there, this is what I've accomplished. Once you gain some expertise, and if you are beyond the 50% of a project, it is more motivating to monitor progress in terms of what is left. I have 20% left. Okay, It's almost at the end of the project. So. On top of just having motivation increasing as you are about to achieve a goal, knowing how to monitor progress. Inspired by her immensely popular newsletter, author Anne Helen Peterson turns her attention to the wild world of work in Crooked Media's Work Appropriate podcast. Work Appropriate delivers humorous but practical workplace advice for a range of listener questions from how do I get my manager to stop texting me after hours to how to deal with that meeting culture that makes you want to pull your hair out. Yes, it makes all of us just angry to waste our time in a meeting. Some of my most favorite topics that have been covered include how to be a better boss, how to build workplace confidence, what makes a union worth it, and what to do when your ambition is at rock bottom. Work Appropriate is all about tackling the real issues we encounter in our professional lives and providing actionable solutions that really work. Previous guests range from comedians like Josh Gondolin to people with more, quote, traditional jobs like Christina Janzer, Slack's director of research. If you like listening to our podcast, which I assume you do, and the different kinds of work topics that we cover, then I think you're going to love Work Appropriate. Every episode is really insightful and filled with relatable tips and stories. Listen to Work Appropriate every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi everyone, I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to Self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then I've started a clothing line and this podcast. Note to Self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. For anyone who is thinking about setting a goal, if you could give them just like three tips on when you set this up, here are some components you want to have part of it. Is it like check in with yourself every week? Is it make sure the goal, you know, there's all this saying about smart goals, like making it really specific. If you could just give us like three quick tips about setting a goal, what, what would you say? 
Three is hard because I have many more than three. So I think people already know about SMART goals, so I will not include that. I said that uh, uh, the goal uh, uh, has to be intrinsically uh, motivating. It has to be a goal on which you can uh, uh, monitor progress. Okay, so you, you can tell yourself where you, you stand on uh, uh, this goal. Gosh, you said three, but I will mention <laughs> another two. Okay, you, uh, okay. that's fair. <laughs> that goal needs to fit with your other goals. Okay? So if your goal conflicts with uh, the goals of uh, uh, your, your family members, your colleagues at work, uh, if it conflicts with your other uh, goals, that's not good. So you need to create this sense of coherence that the goals fit. And I'd say you need to ask yourself who in your life is supportive of this goal. Uh, if no one, then find one, okay, then make one. And same with work, right? If you have a goal at work, you ideally have a manager that's supporting you or a colleague or somebody in your professional world, right? Yes, yes. And, and, and maybe no one supports you because you did not mention to them that you that you're working on this, okay? that, that you need uh, the support, that you're kind of uh, setting your goals in private, in secret, and uh, not good. Yeah. I feel like what happens is usually your boss comes to you and says, set some goals. And I feel like one of the things to your point about your goals need to be set cohesively with other people. So it's almost like the order of events should be that manager share. These are the big organizational goals, or these are the department's goals, the team's goals, whatever it is. And then they ask the employees to set goals based on that. So there is that cohesiveness. Cause as you're, you're pointing out, it's really important that these things are working together. Those were fantastic tips. So I want to get into the next topic that comes up a lot with goals, which is procrastination or people who feel like I have to procrastinate because that's how I get my best work done or something like that. What does the research tell us about procrastination? Why do some people procrastinate more than others? Well, so some people are uh, really struggling with procrastination and uh, at times uh, this is a problem that uh, the you need to work on with some uh, professionals. So I, I, I want to separate uh, between the, the kind of procrastination that uh, all of us uh, feel uh, from time to time uh, to the kind of procrastination where you, you really cannot get out of bed, you really cannot get yourself to do the, the dishes or whatever you need to do. If procrastination stands in your way of just functioning through life, then seek professional help. For the rest of us, use procrastination basically to describe these moments of having low motivation. Again, it's not about you. You are not a procrastinator. Something about the way you set your goals, sometimes something about the, the way where you are right now with the goal is not sufficiently motivating. Take uh, what I refer to as the middle problem. Goals that have far horizon they have beginning, they have an end, and they have a really long middle. Well, a really long middle means that you're going to lose your motivation and you're going to like look at how much you have done and say, I, I'm procrastinating. I'm, I'm not doing as much as I want to do. If you cut the goal into sub-goals, okay, if instead of having a, a monthly goal, you'll make it into a weekly goal or a daily goal, you'll get rid of the middle. And the chances are that you are will procrastinate less. 
That's a really good point. I've, I've been working on a presentation and it's a big presentation for a big client and I'm really struggling to be motivated to sit down and do it. But I, last week I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do one slide today, like just one slide. And I will say I, the satisfaction of getting to cross it off my to-do list when I know like it's like one of 30 slides that I have to do felt really good though. And I am like, okay, this is a better, you know, way of doing this for me than trying to do all, all these slides at once or try to, you know, I was like, maybe I just need to go to the library and like sit down in silence. But it's interesting because what I was doing is I was creating a very long middle, you know, there's the beginning part and the end part is this beautiful PowerPoint presentation, but the middle of creating these slides is going on forever. So I'm like breaking that up, which is, I'm personally finding a lot more satisfaction and, and also I like the satisfaction of crossing it off my to-do list. So I really, I really get the high from that. (laughs) And Lauren, when is it due? Mid-July. So I've started it. Like I knew, I knew this was something that I was like, oh, this is a big thing. I better start early. I need to have lots of time, but I mean, so I, I even knew that I needed the time. If it were due next week, I'd be, I'd really be in a tight spot. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, we're talking about a, a goal that is a project at work that you have maybe two or three months to, to complete. And, and the problem is that that's a very long middle. So what is your weekly goal for this project? Okay, What is that? The sooner sub goal that would make sense. Okay, If you are in sales, okay, can you set a monthly goal or a weekly goal? Now, if you only sell one product, per month on average, then clearly a weekly goal would not make any sense. Right? But what is that the minimal unit that makes sense as, as a sub-goal? Uh, that's a good way to uh, monitor progress and stay motivated. Yeah. So you have four proven ways to kick a procrastination habit, and I would love to hear these four ways. It's mainly four areas of uh, uh, checking a motivation and each one of them has many interventions, right? So, you know, we talked about goal setting. We talked about intrinsic motivation. Uh, uh, you mentioned smart goals. I would say that also goals that don't seem like a chore, okay, that define where you are going and not that the price that you will have to pay in order to, uh, to get there. Let me give you an example from, from a study where we uh, ask people how much they are willing to pay uh, for a book. And then we ask another group of people how much they are willing to pay for a tote bag that contained that book. On average, people were paying more for the book than for the tote bag that contained the book. Why? Because people don't like to uh, pay or invest in means. People don't like to pay for shipping, for parking. Uh, students don't like to work for prerequisite classes. So define the goal in terms of where you want to be. We talked about monitoring progress, which is the the second area of uh, uh, interventions. Well, it's not just about looking back and look forward. It's also about learning from feedback, soliciting feedback, Uh, learning from negative feedback in particular, uh, overcoming setbacks. So One thing that uh, we found effective is that people who had a setback needed to give advice to another person who's struggling with the same goal, with the same problem. We found that this works because when I ask you to give advice to another person, you have to think about what you have learned. 
this is research with uh, uh, Lauren, another Lauren, Lauren S. Chris Winkler, uh, not uh, you, Lauren. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what we found is that people who are uh, unemployed or uh, in debt or struggled with, uh, with academics or with the weight, when we asked them to give advice to another person, they had to figure out what they have learned. Uh, I mentioned that managing multiple goals is, is critical. Uh, some of these goals are temptations. On the one hand, they are goals. On the other hand, well, you actually wish you did not have that goal. Okay? It stands in the way of, of doing something else. Okay? And so you, know, you, you might want to um, spend money on luxuries that you cannot really afford. Uh, and one strategy there is to make multiple decisions together. Okay, so instead of thinking how much I'm willing to pay for, I don't know what, uh, uh, a ticket to the theater or a, a fancy champagne uh, just once, uh, ask about how much you're willing to pay for this every time you would like to do it this year. Okay, so all the theater shows that you will go to, uh, all the times that you will buy a nice uh, bottle of champagne and uh, uh, research by Abby Sussman find that if you do that, if you just think about several opportunities together, you are better able to set your expenditure in what makes sense for you. I just wanted to clarify that. So the research shows like with the champagne or the going to the theater, instead of thinking how much is it going to cost me to do it this one time, you think about how much will it cost me to enjoy this all year? How much I'm willing to pay for this one time versus I entire year okay so oh, okay gotcha gotcha right? okay so, yeah so thanks for for asking because like theater tickets okay like they i don't know they started 50 dollars they, they never end right you can have like 500 1000 whatever if you just think about it once you would be more willing to pay than if you think about all the times that they want to go to the theater this year how much am i willing to pay Gotcha. Okay. And your fourth one, I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah. And the fourth is like the uh, social support. So who, who are the people that work with you? Who are your role models? Okay? Who are the, the people that demonstrate or that express the views that you would like to adopt? Okay? And understanding these groups, and maybe it's the same person that helps you and also uh, inspires you, is very critical for uh, success. There was really no good evidence that people can uh, adhere to goals by, by themselves. You need the supportive uh, social environment. Yeah. You know, they always say people don't leave bad jobs. They leave bad bosses. It's like people will stay at jobs because they have great leaders who motivate them and inspire them. And they recognize how hard it's like one, it's really tough to be that person. And second, it's really hard to find those people. And so I think there's there's a lot to those sayings, those cliche sayings, probably for what you're talking about, which is like you can actually be more motivated and get more done and achieve more goals with the right support. And so who you hang out with and probably who you work with becomes incredibly important to your overall success. Is that right? So, so Lauren, here's the problem. We have thousands of uh, years of evolution as a human species to work with others. Okay? So we, we are social animals. We, we work in groups. We know how to work with others. And then uh, one day we were all sent home and many of us are still working from home, okay? Uh, and so in the, this era of uh, social isolation, of uh, working with uh, colleagues that you don't actually see in person, 
we have a problem. Okay? We have a motivational crisis because we are moving from working in groups to uh, uh, working in front of monitor. Mm, that's interesting, which is also kind of sad because I love remote work for a lot of the other reasons. I will say there are definitely times where I miss working in person with people or like I think, oh, this would be easier in front of a real person. But um, there's a lot of research that shows that hybrid work is turning out to be a very happy medium between these two worlds of like one wasn't one was like too much that way and one was too much the other direction of. Um, but to your point, we we work well with each other. The socialized isolation is really going to damage motivation and talk about procrastination problem. <laughs> you know, you're obviously that's not going to get easier either. I really like your point about if you are procrastinating about something, maybe find someone where you can teach them your skill set or give advice on your skill set. I totally understand that. I remember talking to a friend who, um, she didn't really enjoy her job, but she took up, um, she became a yoga teacher and just because of like the teaching of yoga, it really helped her. She was motivated. And I do remember kind of feeling like, wow, ever since she started teaching, like there's this new side. And I'm wondering if that like definitely corresponded to what your research is showing is like, she kind of had an extra pep in her step, you know? Yeah. We, we are all teachers. Uh, some of us, uh, uh, me included, are lucky to actually have that as their job and getting paid for that. Uh, the rest of us, we are often intuitive teachers. Kids actually know that. When kids learn new information, they often try to teach you spontaneously. Okay, They understand that this is how I learn, by explaining to my parent how this works. Adults are a bit more uh, hesitant, more uh, self-aware, you know, while we feel that maybe some people are giving advice too readily, many of us are are being modest and uh, certainly we don't want to give advice on something that we don't feel like we we know very well. But this process of figuring out what you have learned with a person, connecting to another person, to understanding how to uh, uh, overcome setbacks, is, uh, is critical for, for learning, for growing. Okay. Well, I love that. I think it's fantastic. So I just want to recap the four proven methods for, so it's making sure your goal is not a chore, something you enjoy, making sure that you're making progress or you're, you're at least getting feedback on a regular basis, the multiple goals and the support system. So those are the four things people need to stick with. Of course, go buy your book, get it done if you want more information about the framework. But I think these are really good, tangible tips that people can take today, especially sometimes summer can feel a little bit of a like less motivating season. I feel like it is the long middle. Like we are in the long middle of the year right now. So I I really appreciate these tips. Where can people follow up with you, follow your work? If they want to buy your book, get it done. Tell us, tell us all the links. Well, you can go on my website, ayelasfishback.com. You can get, get it done. Surprising lessons from the science of motivation everywhere. We will put all of that in the show notes. Ayala, thank you so much for sharing with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Lauren. Good luck to everybody with meeting your goals this summer. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Don't forget to rate and review our show. And I want to mention that we actually have a course on motivation that you can take. It's called Mission Motivation, and it helps you increase your motivation by setting those intrinsic goals and learning how to create progress along the way. I'll link to the motivation course in the show notes.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.